When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You're as cold as ice You're willing to sacrifice our love Hello everyone, welcome to the Ice Cold Takes Podcast. I am your host, Joe DiMeglio, and the Rangers passed big tests against the Bruins and Maple Leafs as they came back to win in overtime on Saturday in Boston before winning 5-2 in Toronto on Tuesday. Joining me today to look at the Rangers' defense is NHL Network analyst mike kelly thanks for joining me mike how are you yeah happy to do it joey i'm doing well and uh getting getting close to holidays and christmas and all that so it's a good time of year yeah uh holiday freeze is uh i think the holiday freeze just started or it's coming up soon because yeah last night yeah yeah there's uh now there's only a couple games before uh the new year i know they play those new year's eve games which are fun and the world junior championships are, are coming up which is always fun i love watching those yeah, um, but you you work at uh, Sport Logic, right? That's how you that's how you pronounce it. What a cool name, by the way. Yes. Yeah, Logic with the Q. I love that. Um, yeah, it gets mispronounced a lot. So good on you for getting it right. We're, yeah. we're in Montreal, so like people will throw the French kind of twang to it or Sport Logic IQ. We we hear we hear them all, but uh, you nailed it. Yeah. What do they say? Like Sport Logic. Oh yeah, we get that one. Yeah. yeah, which is all good. Like as long as people are talking about you, we're happy. So yeah, yeah. But what got you into analytics and working there? Um, look, I've always had a fascination with kind of the numbers side of things and trying to be able to quantify things and better understand things. That goes back to when I was, you know, a kid in elementary school. Um, so that's always been there. Uh, professionally, um, I was working in television and and. Just kind of wanted to understand the game the best I could. I would work all these nights with ex-players, ex-coaches, and um, kind of learn the way that they saw the game. And that was really valuable to me. And uh, then I, I just kind of wanted to know, well, who's doing the best work in this area? And, and found there was a couple of companies doing the, this type of work. And um, when I kind of dug into what Sport Logic was doing, I, I, was, I was blown away, to be honest. The, the technology that they were using um, was unlike anything I had seen in, in hockey, for sure. Um, and uh, got connected with them and um, the the TV work I was doing, you know, that came to an end uh, because of a relocation and uh, the timing just kind of worked out where, you know, they wanted to bring me in and, and I was available and, um, and I've been there for about eight years now, just, uh, you know, from the time that I got there to kind of what we're doing now, it's been an amazing ride to be a part of this small startup um, in the beginning to being, you know, really the dominant player in this area in this sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was looking at it. That's pretty crazy. They use AI to 
to um to get their stats is that is that what they do like yeah, it's, it's a combination of things. Yeah, but uh, a computer vision tracking system, which um, you know incorporates machine learning and AI in in terms of how uh, the system tags events and players, and and it kind of teaches itself how to do it as well. So it's uh, we're taking in the broadcast feed the same way that you would watch a game, um, and we have models that are built to detect players, detect different events that occur on the ice, um, hundreds of different events in a game, thousands of different data points. And uh, much, much smarter people than me that are responsible for making all that happen. Um, and what you end up getting out of it is, is a lot of really good information that you can then, you know, apply to understand the game better, you know, do predictive work, all sorts of things. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about that, like how they track the stats, because I know it's kind of difficult on the publicly available sites because there's a lot of discrepancies between like the, the SVAs. Um, the score venue adjusted stats versus like the regular 5v5 stats, like on natural statric, for example, or on money puck. Like, how does it sort out like those discrepancies? Is it like one, you said like a model that it has to follow, like, um, like picking between like scoring and tracking analytics, is it subjective or is it as objective as it could possibly be with using AI? Yeah, the latter for sure. And we have to be right. We have to have strict definitions on what we believe a scoring chance is um, to be consistent. Like if you go and ask 32 NHL head coaches, what's a scoring chance? You're getting 32 different answers and probably a fist fight somewhere in there with all these guys confident that theirs is the right one. Um, so that is a subjective thing. We have objective definitions for it to maintain that consistency. Um, the, the computer work is, is a big part of it. We also have people like, it's not just you, you push a button at the start of the night and all this magic happens. Um, there, there's a human element to it as well of, of, you know, quality checking and, um, the, the system will actually flag itself if it, if it determines it can't detect something. If seven guys go into a corner and battle for a puck and it pops out and, um, the system itself can't detect it, that we have people there to, to do these things also. So, mm -hmm. um, but that's where, you have very strict definitions on on what the different events are and and how they you know um, how they're logged. Um, but at the same time, this is why nothing's perfect because if you're going to say a scoring chance is a shot within a certain area, well, there's one that's going to be right in front of the net that's perfect, and there's another that's going to be right in the corner, or one that's an inch over that isn't. Um, but that's just the reality of, of any kind of work you're doing in this area. Mm -hmm. So at, at the end of the day, somebody has to watch like every single game to check yeah. those flags and, and stuff. That's crazy. That's yeah. a lot. So like that's it's a pretty big staff then. It has to be. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, between full-time employees, part-time um, people that are, are uh, responsible for watching these games as they're happening as well. Uh, it's a good crew. It's uh, evolved over the years, obviously. I think I was employee... 11 or 12 i was there pretty early um but it's been really cool to see the company grow and to see the kind of footprint that we have now mm -hmm. and so that's probably like the the main reason like the technology there is the difference between uh like a, a public site like nst or or money puck right like the, because the those publicly available sites i bet they just i haven't talked to the people that run those sites yet but i'm pretty sure they just use like their their own people to watch like they don't have ai or immersive technology like you guys do no like they'd be scraping nhl um data which is what you would do in that situation and what i always say about that is that the the publicly available sites like they're they're fantastic they're if you're a hockey fan and you're just trying to learn a little bit more 
they're a great resource to use. Um, the way they're the really smart people that have built these and the things that they're tracking, the way they're presenting it, all very, very good. Um, reality is like when you're talking about uh, building models, like the, the, we have granularity uh, as a private company that you wouldn't have um, in, in the way that the game's tracked and the way that they're getting their information. So there's going to be differences, um, but I, I have so much respect for the people that have built these sites and and the work that they've done to help really help hockey fans be more educated. Because I know, like, I know from talking to fans, I know from being in the media uh, industry for almost two decades and in analytics for 10 years, hockey fans are smart and, and they want to learn and they want to know more about the game. Why does my team play well? Why do they suck? Why is my favorite player great? Um, and those sites have really helped kind of push that conversation forward. Mm -hmm. I remember I used to... I'll be honest with you. Like I used to hate analytics. Like I used to think it had no place in the game, and I was I was always frustrated by it because I could never understand it. I'm like, what does this mean? What does like CF and XGF mean? Like that always that always never made sense to me until I talked to someone within the Rangers community. A uh, shout out to Drew Way. Um, and now I I follow it like almost religiously, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. Like after every game, I'm looking. All right, this guy looked like he had a really good game. Let's see how good he was. And it was like, oh wow, like 75% scoring chances for when this guy was on the ice. Um, but like that yeah. term, the terminology. Uh, well, I got a commercial. My fireplace is gone. <laughs> Boo! I get that back. I like that whole, fireplace. That whole thing. I I was completely fooled. Uh, kind of like that pizza too, though. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I was completely fooled. I thought that was a, a real tree. <laughs> no. No chance. <laughs> it looks. It looks good. Like the setup, like it's indented in the wall. It looks like it's. I, don't, I, I sit there. I do my work. I feel like, you know, I have a tree upstairs too, and it's nice, but like, that's a pretty legit setup. So yeah. 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 No, good ambiance. I believe it. Yeah. No, that's a good, that's a good way to describe it. But uh, back to what I was saying about like the terminology, like Corsi for expected goals for. Yeah. Those, those public sites use that like money puck and natural statric, but clear site analytics and, even the NHL with their new edge statistics, like they do offensive zone time, yeah. uh, shot attempts is what the NHL site uses. Is that just the reason why like the private sites do that with like shot attempts? Is that so it's easier for people to see? Because I know when, or to, to understand, I mean, because I know when I look at shot attempts, it's like, oh, all right, every time you shoot the puck. But like 44, I had no idea what that was. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, and I think that's been a bit of a barrier, um, you know, over the years is just the language. Um, I always try in everything that I do, even though I'm using, you know, at times very complex information for an average fan to drill it down to a point that I know I'm not going to lose them. Like you can have a great, you can have great information. You can have a great angle on, on a, a story or an analysis that you're going to do. And if you can't connect with like the macro, the most people, most hockey fans, doesn't matter how good it is, you're going to lose them. And then what's the point? So um, I think some of the language is, has been a bit of a barrier for some people. Um, I would say shot attempts. It's literally what it is. Um, so, uh, part of it, yes. And I think, you know, again, it's to each individual. Like, how much do you want to dig into this world? How much do you want to learn? If you really want to go there, then you're going to figure out what it, what course you four means and you're going to move past it. Um but for me, like it is a general rule, like in the work that I do, whether it's NHL Network, um, talking to other people, whatever it is, uh, I try to simplify things as much as possible because 
kind of what you're doing in in analytics work is complex enough. I think if you're if the language on on certain metrics is um, you know more complex than it needs to be, it's uh, it's just not necessary. Like so, if you're describing something like a um, shots off a cycle, for example, mm -hmm. is that like you're from your definition? How how is that like described? Just as an example. Well, we we track cycle scoring chance, like scoring chances, um, whether different types, whether it's a off the rush or forecheck or a rebound cycle, whatever it may be. Uh, and again, I think most most fans understand that, right? The difference between a rush chance and a cycle mm -hmm. chance. Um, I don't think you're losing anybody there. I got you. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of the Rangers now, like factoring them into the equation, like with these analytics, what do they look like? Uh, we'll start like offensively this year. It, it seems. Well, recently, it seems like they're sacrificing a lot of that defense uh, to play more offense because they're getting a lot of double digit, a lot of games where they have double digit high danger chances, but they give up a lot of chances as well. What is it looking like offensively for the Rangers? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, they're hovering around, you know, 10th and goals, expected goals. It looks like from a process standpoint, kind of what they're scoring is what they should be overall. Uh, we, we know about the power play and uh, their special teams have been really good all year. Um, you know, if you're going to nitpick, maybe you're like, all right, let's boost the five on five play. And Shosturkin, you know, he's it, the bar is so high for himself, right? Like if he can't hit two years ago or even last year, you're like, oh, what's wrong with Shosturkin when he's still a very good goalie. Um, but I'm sure he'd be the first to tell you he can he'd find another level as well. They're a good team. I mean, the points percentage, the record, it doesn't lie. They're a very good team. Um offensively uh and i think you hit the nail on the head in a way where like offensively they quite they create quite a bit off the rush they also give a lot back and that's always the the yin and the yang of it right some of the best teams over the last few years are the teams that can really win that differential like let's create a lot let's not give a lot back um i always use colorado as an example over the last number of years that's probably done that better than anybody um vancouver's doing uh uh, you know, a decent job defending off the rush this year. They don't create a lot, but they score a ton. I mean, that's got to come down at some point, but you win that transition differential, you're going to be in, in really good shape. So the, you're right. New York's creating a lot that way. They, they can work on giving up a bit less and that'll just kind of, you always try to find things to try to boost um, your overall play as you go through the year, even when you're playing really well, which, which they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's interesting you brought up Colorado because Steve Valiquette was talking, I think according to his model at Clearsight Analytics, um, the year before Colorado won the Cup, according to his model, defending the rush, they were one of the worst teams. The year before they won the Cup. And then the year they won the Cup, the, the following year, um, they were like second or first. They, they made a huge improvement. And it's like correlated. Like if you look at the teams that have won the Cup, they're always like in the top five defending against uh the brush and is that have to do can the rangers improve on that like what's the best way to do that is it just getting not having defenders pinch or you know like not taking too many taking as many chances as they are what's the solution there well there, there's a lot of things that go into it like you talk about pinching in the ozone if you're defending like every team does it right when the d comes down the wall to try to cut a playoff um you want to have guys back a uh, forward back your f3 to to support um, neutral zone play, how you're defending control breakouts. There's, there's lots of things that go into it. Um, I'd have to, and I'm always careful with this because like I, I follow Steve's stuff. Obviously I watch the Rangers broadcast. He's awesome at what he does. And, and I, I really like his work in general. Um, I don't know 
when you say like defending the rush, that could mean a lot of things. How many chances you're giving up, how many entries, how many goals. Um, and they're all going to be different to some degree. Um, just in terms of like chances and goals, uh, top of my head, Colorado for me, even before they won the cup were, were pretty good. Um, but again, that we could be talking about different definitions. So yeah. I, I'm not sure of that. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know that you need to be elite defending off the rush specifically to win a Stanley cup. Um, I think it's a byproduct typically of teams that are good defensively and you need to be good defensively to win a Stanley cup. Um, so it certainly goes into it. Um, but yeah, like Vegas, very good. Uh, you look at past winners, there's no question that, that they've been better than not at doing that specifically. Um, and it's one part of the game. It's, uh, if you're great at defending the rush and you get killed, if a team chips it in and starts working the puck in the offensive zone, well, you're not going to be a very good team either. So, um, a lot, a lot that goes into it. Yeah, don't quote me on the, the stat that I, I, I pulled up. That's one that came off just off the top memory. It's not even in my notes here. I just remembered it because I was listening to something uh, a week or two ago. They were talking about it because the Rangers had a dip in play where they had, I'm, I'm going to even bring it up, like they had they had a few games in a row. It was uh, three, six, like six, six games in a row where they're giving up double-digit high-danger chances again. Yeah. That's well, like factoring like the rush. That's just overall 5v5 yeah for sure and i i bring everything back to differentials like if if you create one rush chance per game and give up none every game you're gonna score more off the rush than you give up right now that's an extreme example but you might give up 10 rush chances a game which would be a huge number well if you're getting 15 who cares right um i watched like even tampa bay in their heyday when they won a couple of cups they weren't elite defensively in terms of what they gave up. Like they were good. They weren't top of the league, but they produced a lot offensively and we're happy to at times play a game where like, we're going to take chances and we're going to get our looks offensively. We're going to give some up too, but we're going to bet that point and Stamkos and Kucherov and Hedman and those guys are going to score on more of their chances than the other team's going to score on our stud goalie. Yeah. That tended to be true more often than not. Right. Yeah, that's a, a a good point that you bring up. A lot of teams don't have that goaltender like a Vasilevsky or like a Shesterkin, so they have to be good at. Like, yeah, you look at Vegas too because they had a, a arguably third string goalie. Hill came in and did an awesome job in the playoffs this past season, but I mean he wasn't the starter, right? So they had to be good. Cause he yeah, to and rely like, on that. Uh, totally true. Um, this is why, like, Carolina at the start of the year, right? Tough start. Um, really good defensive team. It made it, the goaltending, which was bad, that much worse. That They were that bad behind a really good defensive team who, who have been better, like, give them credit. But, um, like, save percentage to me is really a team stat, like goals against average. Uh, you have to be able to separate as much as you can goaltending from what your team's allowing. Um, Vegas, really good defensive team. So it stands to reason you could throw competent goalies behind them, whoever they may be, and you're still going to get good results. Mm -hmm. But the thing I'm always careful with when we talk about Vegas, Aiden Hill played great in the playoffs. Like he really did above the great defensive team in front of him. He was fantastic. So I, I make sure to give him credit as well um, for how well he played. Yeah, he really, he really was. He really was great. He, he blew me away watching. Yeah. Even the and like Colorado won the cup uh, a couple of years ago and 
not to take anything away from Darcy Kemper, because especially in the closeout game, he was brilliant and he had big moments and he didn't wilt in big moments. Um, but that team was great defensively and he was pretty good. Like he wasn't elite in the playoffs himself, but he didn't have to be on a team like that. Mm -hmm. He just didn't have, he just couldn't cost them and he didn't. Right. That's, that probably would have been a better example for, for me to use for like not having the, the goaltender, but, um, I wanted to ask you the big question. Another big question I wanted to ask you is at the start of the season, the Rangers defensively were outstanding towards the end of October. They were one of the best teams, right? Mm -hmm. I saw you posted something. How is yep. it, how has it looked since then? Because, you know, like I said, they seems like they've given up a lot recently, but they are getting, they are getting a lot of chances, but yeah, you know, it's just something we've noticed as fans that they give up a lot too now. Yeah. Kind of generally from the first month forward, it's been giving up more. Um, not, not to, a, I would say an alarming rate, but yeah, they were, they were so good off the hop. Um, you know, new coach comes in and, uh, not probably surprising to see them play pretty well defensively. And I, they're a, still an above average team that way. Um, but I, I agree with you. Like recently it's been a little bit more of trade chances and uh, a little looser, I guess uh, might be a good word to use for that. Um, but it's like, it's, you you always evaluate every side of it. I find I try not to go too, too far into things when a team is winning as much as this team is. And a team is, as good as this team is like, honestly, they, they, they are the thing I didn't see coming at all. Um, Jonathan quick, like he, he went from yeah. playing behind a very good defensive team in LA and, and putting up terrible numbers uh, last year to playing behind a, a good defensive team in New York, but not as good as LA. And he's been great. Um, so I don't know what the Rangers saw there. I, I didn't love the signing when I saw it, uh, but they clearly knew something I didn't. Yeah, they didn't really have that much cap space. Of course, there's other goaltenders that were on the market you could have had probably for the same price, but I, I bet that veteran experience factored into it. And the fact that they have Benoit Lair as the, as the goalie coach. They yeah, probably doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't, to be honest, like Quick didn't look that good in preseason. I know preseason's not really a good indicator of, you know, where a player's going to be. For example, Alexi Lafreniere looked, uh, frankly, looked, horrible in the preseason but he's looked really good so far this season and Capo yep. Caco looked great in the preseason but not so great in the regular season unfortunately he's out long term with an injury um, yeah the next thing I wanted to ask Alexi Lafreniere um how how like much of an improvement how big of, a, of an improvement do you think he's made this season compared to last year Oh, better for sure. Like you look at the, even if you just look at his rookie season to now, like the points per game are kind of steadily going up and I'm sure Ranger fans wish it started higher and was even higher now. Um, first overall pick and like, that's going to just be labeled to him, you know, forever. Um, so I, I get it, but the, the start of the year, like he had a lot of jump, like things like, you know, controlled entries, rush chances um, were leading to better offensive numbers for him. It's kind of stabilized a little bit. And I think that's always he's still such a young player, right? Like, and he's pretty unique where he was a first overall pick that came to a good team. Like they they Rangers won the lottery, right? They they weren't a bottom team. If he goes to a bottom team, he's getting first line minutes, he's getting first line power play. Like he's getting all these things that he didn't get when you start with a good team. Um, so some of that is probably influenced kind of where he's at today. Uh, but I think in his case, consistency, right? That first month, really great. That's great. It's kind of 
tapered a bit. Um, can you can you carry it month over month over month and really start to put together longer stretches where we're seeing the kind of player he can be? Like we, you watch games where you're like, man, he was a difference maker tonight, right? And it's not to say that's going to be 82 games every year, but um, can that number grow every year as he gets more experience under his belt, plays better, gets put in more prominent roles? Um, that's that's what I'd be looking for. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's kind of he kind of went from being invisible most of the time during his first couple of seasons to now he's, you know, he's making an impact on, on, on these games. Like you kind of, you notice him like last night, yes. he had the one goal went off of, uh, I think it was off of Riley uh, on yep. the power play. But in the first period, he had a shift where he caused like two or three turnovers that led to like great scoring chances for Panarin. Like Panarin missed the net on one of them. And then I think he, uh, he didn't raise it on the second one. He was aiming for the top right corner. But then he didn't. He didn't get it. But I mean, that improvement in and of itself, I've noticed that even though he's not getting on the score sheet. Yeah, and I think that's a like the, nobody's going to score all. Well, Austin Matthews might score all the time, but there's, there's not many players that are going to score all the time, right? You can make positive impacts in so many other ways. And like the Rangers, they've got guys that like if they're not scoring, they're not really doing anything. As a lot of teams do. Um, so be it. Lafreniere doesn't score enough to be that guy, and he's not. Uh, but I agree with you. Like when, when he's moving his feet, he can be disruptive and force those turnovers and be a little physical and have a bit of an edge to him. And, and then maybe you don't get any points in the game, but you've helped create a few looks or you're on the right side of the, the shot and expected goal, goal share. Um, I agree with you where I've watched games where I'm like, man, he's noticeable. And then he scores or then he gets a point. Yeah. And sometimes he doesn't, but piece those games together more often. Right. And like, you're going to earn trust and, um, as the years go by and other guys get older and, and the team, you know, changes, then, then you're hoping, I think that he becomes a real top line, you know, difference making type of player. Mm -hmm. I actually think he's helping Panarin a lot this season, even though maybe the point totals won't show that because Panarin always seems like he's, he needs like a four checking right winger on, on his line. Um, if you go back when he was with Jesper Foss, with David Quinn as the head coach, that was one of his best seasons as the Ranger. It was like his first season, but it was, you know, that was his MVP. It was a nomination for Hart Trophy that season. He would have had 100 points if the season went a full year mm -hmm. of games. Um, but, like, do you see, do you see like, how, how that, having that type of player, a guy like Lafreniere that's in on the forecheck, wins puck battles? how that impacts Panarin? Well, Panarin's not going to do it, right? Yeah, so you need you need someone to do it. Like, yeah. I was kind of alluding to Panarin when I was talking about guys. When, when he's got the puck on his stick, he's one of the most dangerous players in the world. Um, but he's not a guy that's going to go and get it back. And that's why, like, I look at the Rangers last year at the, at the deadline, the playoffs and all that. Like, I think they went out and got Tarasenko because I don't think they thought they were going to get Kane. And then they got Kane. And you're not going to not get Patrick Kane. But now you got three guys in your top six who have virtually no impact on the game when they don't have the puck. Um, so Panarin's all world. We know that. I think Trocek's been unbelievable this season for the rain in so many different ways, right? And, and all of that helps. But um, but yeah, the, the more that guys can win a puck back, create another possession in the ozone, another sequence for a guy like Panarin, 100% that's going to help you produce more offense. Mm -hmm. So you think the Rangers are definitely more balanced this year compared to after the trade deadline last season? 
Uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I think the way you summed that up was actually pretty pretty good. Like when you think about it, those guys that they acquired, they're not really the type of guys that are going to go in and 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 win a puck that's you know behind the like behind the goal line, let's say, or in the corners, for example. Yeah, it's um, just it's just not it's not part of their game, and they're all veteran guys. Like they're not turning into you know grinders at this point of their career. Like nor should they. It's fine, but that's that's where you need different archetypes and different styles to complement each other you can't all of those guys are great like i don't know that three artemi panarins on one line would be the best line in the world necessarily right um even though he's an all-world player so you, you needed some of that balance and like even statistically every year in the playoffs teams dump pucks in more than the regular season in general there is fewer good looks off the rush than in general there are more puck battles in general um, doesn't surprise anyone listening because you watch the games, you kind of see it. But see, I have to have those elements to some degree. Yeah, and that's good that you bring up like the players' play styles because you know it's it's easy to lose. You know, Panarin had like one or two points in that playoff series, and a lot of people were saying, you know, Rangers should probably move on for him, or it'd be a good idea for them to trade him. And look at how he's come out this season. He's not really that type of player that's going to go. He's not at all actually that type of player that's going to go win. A battle a puck battle for himself but he he needs the puck so someone's got to get it to him do you so like in terms of effort you know what i mean like that's uh one big thing over the past couple of years that fans have been harping on um but this season uh recently actually te- against teams like sent the senators or the sharks teams that at the bottom of the conference or the bottom of the league the yeah they're giving up a lot of chances like high danger chances. You see it as them giving up or playing down to their opponents. And then when they play like a team like the Kings, they only give up five the entire game at 5v5. Yeah, it's it's a good question. There are some, you know, year over year, very good teams that where it looks like that can happen to them. This could be some element of truth to it. I'd have to literally go back and look at every game individually to try to, to flesh that out a little better. Um, but, you know, one thing like, Ottawa, for all of its warts, um, they produce a good amount of offensive opportunity for themselves. Um, They've got some troubles defensively and in goal, for sure. But, um, you know, San Jose has played better than uh, the disastrous start they had. It gives the team some credit. um, (laughs) But, yeah, it's a fair point. Like, the Rangers, I thought the game against Toronto recently, they played, it was a tight game. And you you talked about the bounce off Riley Lafreniere had, they had like three bounces that went in that game and otherwise tight game, but they played well. Um, and like any team, they've had some games where they haven't been as good. So there, there could be some of that. Uh, definitely wouldn't discount it. Um, and who knows over the course of 82 games, like why it happens. Like you're going to wake up the next 82 days and some days you're going to suck at everything you do for some reason. Right. So am yeah. I. Um, it's hard to hard to put a hard to nail it down, um, but uh, yeah, you, you wonder sometimes if if certainly I don't think guys take the foot off the gas thinking, ah, oh, we got this team tonight, like let's cruise. But I do think, and I know that there's teams that you circle the calendar and you're like, we got to bring it against these guys. L.A. would be one of those teams for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's. It's, it sounds like you're you're bringing it up as if like you know it's 82 games like you're not overly concerned about it you know what I mean like it's and I'm not kind really. of the same way too like I, I'm looking at this the Rangers have got off to a great start they're winning a lot of games it was like what 18 of the first 24 18 of the first 26 something like that mm-hmm. 
really you can't ask for more. And, you know, then they start, they're giving up a lot of chances off the rush, high danger chances at even strength. Uh, you, you just chalk that up to just, you know, adversity. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It, it, it could be a lot of things, honestly. Like, it could be, I mean, you talk about their opponent. They just played the Maple Leafs, right? They've been battling this flu bug in the room for the last week. It, it can always be so many different things. I think if you're like a Ranger fan and you're a little concerned, ah, you know, we play these teams that aren't that great and, and we've lost some of these games. Like, would you would you rather lose those games and beat the good teams or win those games and consistently lose to the good teams? Mm-hmm. Um it's a good question. I don't have a great answer for you off the top of my head as to why that's been the case. If, if there's been some games like that, but um, it's a good team. They're going to have some bad nights. Other, you know, bad teams are going to have good nights. Um, I wouldn't be overly concerned about it. I guess would be my point. Mm-hmm. If the Rangers get the sharks in the cup final. <laughs> yeah. Happen, yeah. Wouldn't uh, worry about it too much. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> but but yeah, I said like, you know, we talk about, takes right ice cold takes hot takes whatever um we do like a bold predictions every year on this analytics show i do with the nhl network every summer and i said i want to say it was like 2020 it was a few years ago but i'm like i said the rangers would win the cup by 2025 um that was my take at the time and i'm running out of runway here i got two years left for them to do it but i don't know how good would a rangers kings repeat uh, of 2012 be that'd be a sick cup final this year and yeah. possible, I, was, right? I like I both was, teams i was thinking the exact same thing when they played them uh, a couple weeks ago i was like yeah. how crazy would it be if the, these two teams met again in the finals like, yeah like i i was a kid i was i was in eighth grade i remember watching them i remember my heart was in, was shattered when martinez scored that overtime goal. Oh. Man, Lundqvist did like everything within his power. Like the Kings were the better team for me, no question. Like Lundqvist was so good. Um, It it was a good final. Um, Best five game series I've ever seen. There you go. Oh, there were some good games in it for sure. Yeah. Um, You know, cross your fingers and you obviously hope not. But, you know, if Shesterkin for whatever reason wasn't around, Jonathan Quick's now in the cup final playing against the kid. Like you can work yourself up into so many different cool scenarios. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, how crazy would it be if not only the Rangers play the Kings 10 years later, but it was Jonathan Quick like winning. That'd be nuts. That'd be crazy. Yeah. I I don't know. That, that, that's a, I like that ice cold take. I I like that. I think that's, uh, I think that's good. Doesn't necessarily need to be, you're not you're not saying guaranteed prediction, you know what I mean? Like it's just floating it out there, putting it into the uh, into the ether for people to think about. That there is you go. Yeah, that's something to think about there. Um, I have a question here from uh, a fan, Gloverton. Do you guys notice Fox on the power PP one has been a little shaky? I don't know. What do you what do you think about that, Mike? Uh, last couple good, of games. Yeah, good question. Again, I think I have to drill down to to try to see if there's any kind of meaningful difference. I, tr- I try as a general rule, not to work myself up too much about certainly a small sample of a couple games versus even a small sample of like 
10 or 15 games, which in the grand scheme of things isn't huge. Like we watched, we just watched Pittsburgh's power play go over a million. And then, yeah, then we couldn't stop scoring power play goals. Right. Um, so even games as, as a whole, but then you drill down into special teams, which is a handful of minutes every night. Um, I, I don't have a great answer, honestly, off the top of my head on that, other than I wouldn't be overly concerned just because of the type of player that he is, um, uh, which is obviously a very good one. It's, the power play has been overall good, so um, wouldn't be too nervous about it. Yeah, it could, it could just be maybe still harboring that injury a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, and those are the, that, that's the tricky thing. You never know, right? A guy comes back and... I don't know how many guys come back truly a hundred percent from every injury. Um, think about Connor McDavid. Like he came back, played in the outdoor game, maybe a little early cause he wanted to be in that game, but he didn't look right for you know, a week or two after that even. And now he's just pff, full McDavid mode. Um, so it's, it's a good point to bring up and you never really know those things cause they don't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, hockey guys there, they'll play through anything. Those guys, uh, Yes, I think Lindgren took a, a pretty big hit uh, last oh, and he was he's uh, taken a few of them lately. Yeah, yeah, nails though. I love that guy. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, fans fans love him. He was the uh, the extra effort award winner for the Rangers last season. Guy blocked shots, uh, bleeds almost uh, every every game, every other game. Maybe. <laughs> um, I I don't know that that hit from Pasternak. I was I was very very surprised that Pasternak would throw that that kind of hit because I don't know him to be that kind of player. Yeah, it, those guys had a little something going. I think in that game, yeah. anyways. And uh, I don't know. You, you, I've heard defensemen um, that played in the league talk about why well, you can't put yourself in that position. And that was a tough. one. I think that like to me that was one where there's a little bit of that, but also a little bit of the hit too. Um, yeah. Because I have a seen, lot of time. Right. And I've seen hits, though, over the last few years where you're like, you can't really come out and say it because, like, a guy might be hurt and you, you obviously never want to see that. But you're like, you can't skate with your head down or you can't turn at the last second when you got pressure. Like, there's there is an element of it in general, for sure, I think, that uh, seems to exist. That's how I feel about the Trouba hits. Like, half the time, it's like those the player's head is down. I know it, it's like every time he lays a guy out in, in the middle of the ice, like, Oh, suspension. You're like, that guy had his head down and got popped because Truba, unlike some players, um, a lot of players today, just the way that the game's played, he'll step up in places where most guys won't. So you could be carrying the puck out on an exit and think like, Oh, I got a bit of time that you don't. Cause he's on the ice. Yeah. Uh, man, he catches some guys with some big, big hits and like, that open ice hitting is a bit of a lost start, I think. Um, and I, I still like watching him play because more often than not, it's a really clean hit that he delivers uh, in a place where sometimes guys aren't expecting it. Yeah, people come for entertainment and like, you know, you need that. I love, oh, I love Big hits it. gets me out of my seat. That's for sure. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And followed by a fight or two, like just everything, everything is great like when seeing that, that stuff. I, you know, yeah. you hope the guy, everybody's okay. Like it's, there's no injuries involved, but it's like, yeah, know, that's the entertainment value of hockey. Like that's the part of it that'll, I, I, I don't think should ever go away in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and th there's all sorts of theories and debates around it, right? Like the younger players today, all the work on skill work and, um, you know, has any of the kind of th thinking the game awareness been lost? Maybe, uh, there's all, you know, 
theories, maybe some of it's true. It's hard to kind of quantify it, but uh, all that to say, I still love a big hit for sure. You don't see as many of them as you used to. And some of the hits that we used to see, you don't want to see those anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good that they're out of the game too. Yeah. That's what I was going to say that. Like, I feel like a lot of those hits, when I first started watching a lot of those career ending hits, oh. like the Savard hit on, or the cook hit on Savard. Like no, that, yeah. I haven't seen, you don't see those too, too much anymore. That's been kind of taken and, out of the game, which is great. Like, yeah. and you're right back then you used to see those more than you'd ever want to see them. Um, I don't know. It was a while ago, maybe a year ago. Like I had this rock'em sock'em videos, Don Cherry. I don't know if you've seen those videos. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found this old like set of, it's got all of the DVDs. Right. And like, this was obviously from a long time ago. We we're even talking about DVDs, but I put one in like number four or whatever. And they've got like, you know, best goals of the year, like best hits. I'm watching the best hits. I'm like, these are double digit suspensions happening. <laughs> like, it is insane. Guys, chicken wing guys across the blue line, like just crazy stuff. You're like, man, that was, you know, that stuff just happened back then. It was wild. Yeah. And to think these guys, those guys, sometimes some of them would just not wear helmets. It was crazy. Oh, I don't know how they were able to do it. Different game, man. Like it was, like uh, hockey guys are crazy. Yeah. Tough. Tough that, for sure. That part has definitely never changed. No, I mean, like you think about Scott Stevens when you think about big hitters, right? Back in you know '90s, that kind of stuff. And I remember the first time I met him uh, was at the NHL Network when he was doing a bit of work there. You're going back a few years. Nicest guy in the world. Like had really good chats with him the handful of times I worked with him. Um, but just walking up to him to shake his hand the first time, I was like. Oh boy. Like this is a large man, big hands, big dude. Um, like I said, super nice guy. Couldn't be better, but just thinking about like that guy, you know, coming at you like, Oh, the Ken Danico, who I know from the network really well. Like yeah, these are big, big, strong, tough guys. So um, a lot of respect for the guys that, that give the hits and a lot of respect for the guys that take them in the league too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely don't want to be on the, the bad side of the guys that throw those big hits, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, Mike, thanks so much for, for joining. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll have to have you on again sometime, so maybe after the season. Yeah, happy to do it, Joey. Appreciate you, you having me. And uh, you got a good team this year, so it's, uh, it's a fun fun group to watch. Yeah, I hope that prediction that you made uh, comes true within either this year or next year. This year or next. Well, I made the prediction, so it's going to come true. Uh, <laughs> it's a matter of whether it's this year or next year, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm crossing my fingers, man. Like, I'm, I'm hopeful. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all Closing next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here I know